trade deadline has officially come and gone, and nobody was safe no matter what time of day it was. Clay Kimmerschelli from Philly Sports talking to break down two of the bigger deals for you. Let's get right into it. The Durant trade is obviously the biggest one of the trade deadline. I will also be breaking down the D'Angelo Russell deal. Um, the Kevin Durant trade happened at around 1.30 uh, the other night on Thursday night. It was something that I woke up to, and it was just a little nuts. It was the first thing I saw. I think it was Thursday night. Or no, Wednesday night. My bad. Um, it was the first thing I woke up to, and I was just I was like, wow, I can't believe that. Um, I didn't think it was going to happen. I really didn't. I can't even imagine how LeBron feels. You know, he gets a great player in D'Angelo Russell hours before, um, and he probably goes to bed and wakes up seeing that the team in the West now has Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton. I, I seriously would have paid a lot of money to see his reaction to that trade. Um, I'm excited to see his, see this team play as a basketball fan, but not necessarily about it as a 76ers fan, because in the rare chance that the 76ers make the finals, and the Suns do as well, uh, that's going to be a tough matchup. But here's the full here's the full trade details. The Suns they get Kevin Durant and T.J. Warren. The Nets they get Mikal Bridges, who's I, I I'm very high on him. Cameron Johnson, Jay Crowder, who was actually flipped um, as well, so he's not on the Nets anyway anymore. Four unprotected first round picks in 2023, 2025, 2027, and 2029, and a pick swap in 2028. So uh, an absolutely massive deal. I I just I really couldn't believe that this actually happened. Um, and the Drake Crowder part too, that was interesting because that was the guy the 76ers were looking into. He is now in the box as he was flipped to the box by the Nets. Um, the crazy thing about the steal as well is the, Net the Suns just sold their franchise to Matt Ishbia, however you say his name. And I don't even think it was even a week and he goes out and does this, which is just nuts. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, by far the right move for the Suns because their championship window was closing and now that is... Um, now that Booker and Durant are both under max steals, as long as you have those two, you're going to contend, and it's not going to be over yet. And they managed to keep CP3 and DeAndre Ayton as well, which is crazy to me. They definitely did give up a lot. Again, I'm high on Mikel Bridges um, and Jay Crowder too, who, again, as I mentioned, is off the board. This was an interesting topic brought up earlier. You know, People are kind of blaming the Nets front office for this terrible collapse, and I don't know how much you can do that. They built this super team. They went out and fully committed, which is all you could ask for in a front office. They went out and they, they did the thing. They got, their, they got a big three, one of the best we've ever seen, and it just didn't work out. You know, They only played 16 of 113 games together. Injuries and attitude problems held them back. Um, I, I don't know how much you can blame that front office. It was just terrible circumstances um, for what happened. And once they realized it wasn't going to work, they made a few moves and got a lot of those first-round picks back that they traded initially for in this one. But my grades for this trade, the Suns, I gave them an A. They just expanded their championship window and posed to be a serious threat now after being a slightly above-average team this year. Uh, I'm very excited to watch this team play. Now, the thing is, they lost a lot of depth and they lost a lot of defense, so... Um, you know, with the Nets, like they did when they traded for this big three, they traded a lot of their role players, they lost a lot of depth, a lot of defense, and it didn't work out. We, we all saw it. Um, my, my question is, do you think that's what happens with Phoenix? Um, I, I think there's a chance, but we'll, we'll have to watch. I think they have a better chance of being a better team. Uh, there's a couple more stars there, but still. 
so an A for the Suns. I give the Nets a B. You know, they got to haul a lot of first-rounders and a young player I really like in the Calbridges. We'll see how the Nets' future plays out. But for the Suns, they have to be the favorite in the West now. At least they're my favorite. We're going to see what happens. Let's go to a quick commercial break before we get into the D'Angelo Russell trade. D'Angelo Russell is heading back to Los Angeles, and this is such a good move for the Lakers. Uh, the Lakers, they've been a sloppy team all year and didn't really have a true point guard. And now they have one, in my eyes, one of the more polished guards around. You know, he runs an offense very well, slows things down when they need to be. He's reliable. He's played in 54 games this year. His stats this season, he's shooting um, 46.5%, averaging 18 points, 3 rebounds, and 6 assists. So again, with what I said, how he's polished and slows the offense down, the Lakers were really a kind of a erratic team at times and just a little painful to watch offensively. So this is just what the doctor ordered in my eyes for this Lakers team. The full trade details as it was a three-team deal that included eight players. The Lakers, they get D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. So two really good role players at that, too. And Jared Vanderbilt, he's pretty good, as well as a younger center, too. And he was one of the 76ers' targets, but they couldn't get him. The Timberwolves, they acquire Mike Conley, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and Picks, reportedly. And the Jazz get Russell Westbrook, who's probably going to be bought out. And apparently the Clippers are looking into getting him. Paul George is trying to recruit him heavily. Anyways, they get Westbrook, Juan Toscano-Anderson, Damian Jones, and the Lakers 2027 first-round pick that is top four protected. Um, the funny thing about this trade is that the Jazz and the Timberwolves are both above the Lakers in the standings by a handful of games. And that's, that's the funny thing about the NBA. But again, the Lakers have a better chance to win. That's just it's crazy to think about. Uh, the only team that really got better in the steel in my eyes is the Lakers. I don't believe the Timberwolves got enough in return. The Jazz, they're still the same in my book. Um, Westbrook could be a decent fit for them, but I don't think they are, are going to keep him. And I don't think they should have let go of Jared Vanderbilt. Um, I think that was kind of a mistake. But My grades for this trade for the Lakers, I give them an A-. Got a good steady point guard that will help them out, and a good 4-5 in Jared Vanderbilt, along with a solid role player, Malik Beasley. Uh, seriously, they improved in all three aspects of this trade. Um, I don't know how much it will help them. I mean, Maybe they can make the playoffs now. We'll have to see. The Timberwolves, I give them a C. I believe that they could have gotten a little bit more, giving up three solid assets to a team in dire need of some help. I think they could have got a little bit more, but it is what it is. Jazz, I don't know how this trade affects the Jazz right now. You know, they got the first-round pick, though, which is nice. Um, but the Jazz are kind of just floating around. Nobody knows what they're doing in terms of winning. But we'll see what happens. That's going to wrap up this podcast. There was a lot of deals going on. I'm not going to recap all of it. I am going to do a 76ers podcast, so that's going to be released soon after this one. So stay tuned on the Philly Sports Talk Instagram page, which is philly.sports.talk underscore no capitals. Thank you guys so much for listening. Peace.